the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Today, Jesus is at a funeral, so that's where we're going to go. We're going to go to funerals. A couple weeks ago, he was at a leper colony. We went there with him. He healed ten lepers. Last week, we were with him uh, considering the birds and the flowers. This week, he's at a funeral. He's walking with his disciples in a big crowd up to the city of Nain, and here is, just like might happen in El Paso or Gridley or wherever, a funeral procession coming out of town. That's where we're going to go, to funerals with Jesus. Okay? So I'm going to ask you today to do two things. I'm going to ask you to look back over your life and think about funerals you have been to, Funerals of maybe parents or children or grandparents, friends. I ask you to think back to some of them. And I'm going to ask you to look forward in time to all the funerals that are coming, including your very own. And with all these funerals, we're going to do what happened in the Gospel reading. We are going to take Jesus with us to those funerals. We're going to see what Jesus does with every funeral when he's sitting next to us. So firstly, I'm going to ask you to remember the crying. Now, we don't like to remember that, but we have to remember it. I'm going to ask you to remember all the crying at funerals and look ahead to all the crying that will come at funerals. And we're not going to ignore it. We're not going to try to avoid that crying or stifle that crying. We're going to hit it head on. We're going to cry our eyes out because that is an important sermon we need to hear from God. Death is a time for weeping. But secondly, we're going to hear another sermon from one who's stronger than death, who is life himself in the flesh, Jesus Christ, the mighty lion of the tribe of Judah. And we're going to take him to every funeral with us, including this funeral in the city of Nain, And he's going to give us a reason also to laugh and rejoice. First, the crying. Please don't misunderstand what happens in the Gospel reading when Jesus tells this widow, do not weep. Don't take that in a way that Jesus didn't didn't mean at all. This does not mean she shouldn't be crying. It doesn't mean she was doing something wrong. It certainly doesn't mean that you shouldn't cry at a funeral. You should never think, well, I'm a Christian, I shouldn't cry at a funeral. That is not at all the point of Jesus' words. Okay? Why does he tell her, do not weep? Because in this one instance, he's about to raise her son from the dead. That's why he tells her not to weep. And we'll get to that part. We'll get to the not crying part. But don't take this to mean that Christians should not cry at a funeral. You should cry at a funeral. And if you need the absolute proof of that, then just look at Jesus himself. John 11, as you all know, shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. We should cry. Because in death and a funeral, God is preaching a very hard sermon to us. A sermon that we all need to hear. At every funeral, God is saying this to you. Look at your sin and look where it leads. That's where you're headed. We should cry. The wages of sin is death. Look around you in the world. That's where all this sin is leading to. 
That's where the sin in your heart is leading to. Dust to dust, ashes to ashes. We should cry. And I don't know, you know, I'm asking you to think back, so I'm just going to tell you real quick. I, I did it, the very same thing. I remember very clearly as a kid, you know, I, there would have been three grandparent funerals I went to as a kid and a couple other kind of closer family members. And I remember very clearly, as I'm sure many of you can, sitting in those church pews through a long visitation, sitting through a funeral, and crying. Because it was wrong. And it was horrible. They had died. I would never see my grandma or my grandpa's on this earth again. What do you do? You cry. That stings. It pulls tears out of us, out of us, and we should not avoid that. We should listen to that sermon and cry. Now, the reason I'm bringing all this up, you might, I don't know what you're thinking, maybe you think, well, duh, we know that, but the reason I'm bringing this up is because funerals today in our culture are really going astray. We are going astray. People in our culture today are doing everything they can, us included, to avoid the crying, to avoid the funeral, to avoid the sadness, to avoid the visitations and gravesides. Now, I'm going to talk about this for a few minutes here, and I, I believe this with all my heart, and I believe it's very, very important. But I was a little scared to talk about it today because this is what I'm afraid might happen. Some of you out there, who I've done a lot of funerals with many of you, you might think that I'm calling you out or something. Or that I'm telling you you did something wrong with your family's funeral. I am not. Okay, I promise you. I was not thinking of any particular members. I am, what I am trying to talk to you about today is a general move within our culture and within every one of us and I've talked to many of you about this. I know you see it. There's a general move to avoid these things that we have always thought are so important. To avoid visitations. To avoid funerals. To avoid gravesides. We've got to hit this thing head on. And, and don't, please don't think that I am trying to um, rebuke any of you. I'm not. I want us to take a hard look at what we're doing. Okay? I've asked a number of funeral directors about this also, so I know it's not just in my head. They've all confirmed this with me, that the way people in America are doing funerals is changing massively. Okay? We are trying to avoid dealing with death. We're trying to circumvent it. Okay? We're trying to circumvent the weeping, the crying of funerals. So here's what we might do. Either we cremate our loved one, and then do nothing, have no services of any kind, just ask some funeral directors how many cremated remains they have sitting on shelves and nobody's coming to get them. There's a lot. They're sitting there because the family doesn't want to cry and deal with the reality of death, in most cases. There may be cases where that's not the case, or maybe we cremate and we say, well, we want to have a service, but 
We'll have it down the road when we can get everyone together, when it works better for everyone's schedules. A funeral director in another state told me about this story. The family had their, their loved one cremated. The ashes are at the funeral home. And they told him they were waiting for the time when they could get a big coach bus rented and they could all drive down to Las Vegas together, take the ashes with them, and have a big weekend of gambling and drinking in honor of their loved one. You think that's a nice way to handle the death of your loved one? I think they're trying to avoid the crying. Or we don't want to deal with the crying part, so instead, as you know, this has been a big trend, we try to make it look like something besides a funeral. We call it a celebration of life, which I don't have any problem necessarily with the term celebration of life. But we, if we're going to try to turn a funeral into a party, now I do have a problem. Then we have the funeral somewhere besides the church, somewhere where it won't feel like a funeral. Now we're also short, shortening up visitations, as I'm sure you've all noticed. Not, or maybe not having a visitation at all, which, you know, in certain cases I do understand. I mean, I, I understand there are cases where that's the right thing to do. But what's concerning me is this complete general trend of getting rid of visitation. Let's all stop and think a minute. What would we lose if we never do visitations again? What are we going to lose? And then we might even skip the funeral service altogether. Maybe do a graveside, maybe no service at all. This is not good. <laughs> we're, we're, we may not realize what we're doing, but we're trying to avoid listening to the sermon of death. We're trying to avoid the crying, the sadness, trying to drown it out that no one is righteous, that all have fallen short, and the wages of sin is death. We're trying to avoid those hard sadnesses of visitations and funerals and gravesides and burials, but we shouldn't. Now, remember, this poor woman at the town of Nain, her husband has died, she's a widow, now her only son, a young man, has died. Remember her tears, remember her loneliness, her sadness, and her grief. She doesn't skip the ceremony because she needs it. She needs to cry. And then... Before we all go throwing out visitations completely, funerals completely, gravesides complete, completely, let's give this some due consideration. We need to sit in the pews and hear God telling us we are mortals. We need to cry and weep and lament. Now, secondly then, if we don't do that... <laughs> if we don't take the time to weep, then we might just miss the one who comes to wipe tears from eyes, right? If we don't take the time to cry at a funeral service, then we might just miss him who comes to sit beside us and weep with us. If we don't stare death in the face at the cemetery then we might not hear him who's shouting, Oh, death, where's your victory? Where's your sting? 
If we don't stand at the grave over the casket, we might not hear Him say, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in Me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in Me will never die. We've got to go to the funeral. We've got to go to the visitation. We've got to go to the graveside because that's where Jesus is. And besides that sermon of weeping, we need to hear the sermon of laughing and rejoicing. We've got to hear them both together. Let me take you real quick to Revelation 5. St. John, I've used this before because I like it so much. St. John is weeping uncontrollably weeping. And the elder says to him, weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered. The lion, okay? If you don't go to the funeral, you might miss seeing the lion. You don't want to miss the lion. Now, I know, I know not all of you have read the Chronicles of Narnia. I've asked a number of times by C.S. Lewis. That's okay. You don't have to. Some of you are not readers. I understand all of that. But let me at least tell you about it. There is something truly magical about the lion Aslan who rules over the land of Narnia. That lion, Aslan, is Jesus, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, who walks beside the people of Narnia when they're weeping, when they're crying, when they're lonely, when they're hurting. And there is something powerful when that lion roars. Okay? If you don't go to the visitation, if you don't go to the funeral, if you don't go to the cemetery and the burial, you might not hear the lion's roar. And I want you to hear the lion's roar. Listen to a couple little quotes from The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe by C.S. Lewis. It says, Wrong will be right when Aslan comes in sight. At the sound of his roar, sorrows will be no more. When he bears his teeth, Winter meets its death. And when he shakes his mane, we will have spring again. Aslan stood up, and when he opened his mouth to roar, they saw all the trees in front of him bend before the blast of his roaring as grass bends in a meadow before the wind. you got to hear this roar. Revelation 5, weep no more. Behold, here the lion of the tribe of Judah has conquered. You don't want to miss him roaring. That day at Nain, when he met this funeral procession, he roared. Young man, I say to you, arise. And death and the devil cowered away into the corner before Jesus and his roar. On Easter morning, the Mighty One roared when He burst forth from death to life. And when we go to a funeral and a visitation and a gravesite, in the midst of our crying, we want to hear that roar. And I'll tell you, I want you to hear exactly what I mean. Many of you have been to many funerals here in a, in a Lutheran church, okay? 
with tears on our cheeks at a funeral service, we want to see the pastor stand by that casket and hear Jesus roar and say, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And with tears in our eyes, we want to stand at the graveside. Remember, you've heard this many times. We want to stand at the graveside and hear Jesus roar, Oh, death, where's your victory? And with sadness and loneliness in our hearts, we want to hear Him roar, Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Look at the power and the strength of Jesus. Take yourself there to Nain on that day and see the lion of the tribe of Judah roaring. Look at Him. Stare death down in its tracks and say, No, I say to you, arise. Don't skip the funeral. Don't skip the visitation and the weeping and the crying because that's where Jesus is. The one who wipes away every tear from your eyes. Mighty as a lion and yet gentle and loving as a cat. Now, one last quick word. Every funeral you see, including this one we heard today with Jesus at the town of Nain, every funeral is preparing us for that one great and final graveside when the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, will stand over our graves once and for all and roar, Arise! And then you can skip the funeral. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding guards your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.